the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great. A very blessed morning to you, wherever you may be at this time. It's a privilege to come to you through this medium and to share fellowship with you in the word of God. The Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's why our time in God's word is a time that we don't have to take for granted at all. I trust that you've had a great week. And Sunday also marks the beginning of yet another week. And when we start our week with God, we are always guaranteed victory. And so I have no doubt that this week will be a week of great victory. It will be a great a week of great pleasant surprises. It will be a great a week of fulfilled expectations for you in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. If you are new to our Facebook channel or our YouTube channel, I want to encourage you to share the link with as many people as possible. If you are on Facebook, start a watch party. Let as many people be blessed by the ministry of God's word today. If you are on YouTube, just make sure that if you are new, click uh, subscribe and then uh, all notifications so that subsequently you will always be blessed by our ministry. God richly bless you. We don't take your time on that for granted at all. Shall we bow down our heads as we get into the word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give us week after week to share fellowship with you in your word. The Bible says the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so in this morning service, we ask the Lord, your life will come into us again. Your spirit will impart our lives again. Thank you that no man or woman who to this broadcast now or will watch it thereafter will ever remain the same. I give you praise, Spirit of God, that you are helping me today. You are granting me clarity of thought, precision of speech, and you are anointing these words to bring life and transformation to your people. I thank you and I bless you that I have access to wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. God richly bless you once again. Kingdom Addict. And Kingdom Addict, Supernatural Addition is my birthright and your birthright. God richly bless you. Come with me to the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 40 to 47. That's where we've been studying from the past few weeks. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year, the feast of the Passover, and he was 12 years old. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in their company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. 45. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. Now so it was, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, 
both listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Would you please read with me verse 46 again? And so it was after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Now, you remember that during the very beginning of this series, I shared with you that Jesus is our standard of growth. He's our standard of spiritual growth. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we grow well when we grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If Jesus is our standard, then he must be our pattern for growth. And we saw how Jesus grew. In the book of Luke, we are told how Jesus grew. And one of the things Jesus did, that he did many things to grow spiritually. But one of the things he did was that he fed spiritually. And so in our series presently, which we are on, what must I do to grow? And the focus is I must feed to grow. And this is I must feed to grow part two B. I must feed to grow part two B. In the earlier teaching, we established that God's word is food for our spiritual growth. And as food, we need to feed on it daily. Just like in the natural, we eat daily to stay healthy and to grow well. Spiritually, we need to feed daily. When we feed on the word of God, our spiritual muscles are built. When we feed on the word of God, our mentality is shaped. When we feed on the word of God, our inner man is built up to be able to stand the pressures and the challenges of life. And we established last week in particular that there are two levels of feeding critical for our spiritual growth and development. Two levels of feeding. One, we said, is pastoral feeding, where we establish the fact that it's important we stay under the feet of our God-appointed pastor or teacher so we can grow spiritually. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, I will give you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And then, of course, we also touch on personal feeding personal feeding. Five practical ways we touched on last week. We said that there are five practical ways you can grow through the ministry of your shepherd. God has a shepherd for you and for you to grow through his ministry there are five practical steps you can take. Number one, you must discover your God appointed place of worship and abide there. There is a church God has ordained for you to be in. It may not be the church you were born into. It may not be the church you even grew up into. Is a church that God has ordained a shepherd there for you who feeds you. It's not everybody who can feed you. There are many preachers who may listen to, but not all of them feed you. But when you see that your spirit has connected with one preacher who feeds you with the word of God, every time he comes your way with the word of God, your spirit is fed, you are empowered, you are renewed, it's most likely he may be your God-appointed shepherd. And you need to connect with him. And so we said that you need to find your God-appointed place and abide there. The church that God wants you to be in, that's where you should be. We cannot just choose our churches. God has a place for us. We need to pray and then be sensitive, be guided by the Spirit of God and be led there. Number two, we said we must embrace our God-appointed shepherd. In your God-appointed place, God has appointed a shepherd for you. So when you go there, you are connected with the shepherd and things go well. The Bible said when Jesus saw the sheep scattered without the shepherd, he was moved with compassion because it is risky to be a sheep without a shepherd. Then number three, we said you need to know and follow his voice from the scriptures on all matters. You need to know the voice of your shepherd on all matters. 
and follow it accordingly. And then, of course, number four, we said believe and put his teachings to work and follow the exemplary life of your shepherd. Follow the exemplary life of your shepherd. That's number five. Your shepherd is not just someone who teaches. This was my take-home point last week. Your shepherd is not just someone who teaches you God's word. He's the one whose life and teaching is a model or a pattern you can follow without missing Christ. And I want you to know, regardless of your experiences, there are shepherds like that in the world today. There are pastors who live with integrity, who live with excellence, who live a life that is worthy of emulation. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that's very important. Today, we are going to focus and zero in on personal feeding. Two levels of feeding. First is pastoral, the second is personal feeding. And you would like to come with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. 1 Timothy 4, 6. Good news version. He said, if you give these instructions to the believers, you'll be a good servant of Christ, Jesus, as you feed yourself spiritually on the words of faith and of the true teaching which you have followed. And that is what we are looking at today. We are on Operation Feed Yourself. General Kutu Echampo, during the military era in Ghana, he launched Operation Feed Yourself. And you must understand that no matter who is feeding you, no matter who helps you to get food to eat, you must accept responsibility to feed yourself spiritually. No matter the excellency with which your teacher teaches you or his knowledge of the word of God, until you embrace personal responsibility to feed yourself, you cannot grow the way you ought to grow spiritually. Pastoral feeding, I said, take note, pastoral feeding is a foundation for spiritual feeding and never a substitute for personal feeding. Please never forget this point in this teaching. Pastoral feeding is the foundation for spiritual feeding. It's never a substitute for personal feeding. You realize that in life, most outstanding students always do a little extra work than they were taught by their teachers. It's not an extraordinary teacher that makes an extraordinary student. It's not an excellent teacher that necessarily translates into an excellent student. It is the excellent effort of a determined, dedicated student that makes a student outstanding. That's why a teacher can teach one subject to the same people, one topic to the same people. Some understood, others did not understand. Why? Because people's ability to receive differs. You must understand that personal responsibility is required in feeding. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16, he said, Your words were found, the King James says, he said, your words were found, I did eat them, and your word was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. Look at the message version. He said, when your words showed up, I liked it. When your words showed up, I ate them, swallowed them. When your words showed up, I ate them. Do you eat the word of God? Do you make time daily to eat the word of God? I know you take some tea, you take some omelette, you eat some things daily. But do you make time daily? To eat the word of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 24 verse 13 to 14. He said, my son, eat thou honey because it is good. And the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. Verse 14. And when thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward and thy expectation shall not be cut off. So if you want to see your expectations fulfilled, you must look into the word of God. You know, the word of God is described as honey. In the book of Psalm 19, verse 10 to 11, it said, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, much fine, 
sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. So the word of God is described as honey. And there your words were found. I did eat them. It was joy and rejoicing of my heart. When we talk about personal feeding, what exactly do we mean? Personal feeding refers to the disciplined practice of studying God's word daily. That's all. Personal feeding refers to the disciplined practice of studying God's word daily. And those words are, have been chosen carefully. It's a discipline that you need to give yourself. Some of us study the word of God, but we don't have the discipline to do so daily. We read the word of God, but we don't have the discipline of studying it daily. There are things you do, until you do them daily, you will not see the fruit of them. It was Gloria Copeland, the wife of tele-evangelist Kenneth Copeland, who said, inconsistency lies the power. Inconsistency lies power. Anything we do consistently over time, the yield fruit. If you put 10 CD, 10 CD down every month, every month, every month, over time, you will see that you can become a millionaire. If you learn to save small, small, over time, you are able to raise capital to do great things. So, consistency is key. And you and I have been called to study the word of God and to do so daily. So, when we talk about personal feeding, we are talking about the disciplined practice of studying God's word daily. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study in the book of Psalm 1 and 2. He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In his law, he meditates day and night. In his law, he meditates day and night. Verse 2, he meditates day and night in his law. Joshua 1, 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. That's the daily. The practice of daily staying in the word of God. Now, in this service, I just want to walk you through five profitable ways to feed on God's word daily. Five profitable ways to feed on God's word daily. Since God's word is vital and essential for our spiritual growth, how do we feed on it daily for our profiting, maximum profiting for that matter? Number one, by reading. If you are going to feed on the word of God profitably, you must learn and cultivate and develop the habit of reading the word of God. I know we live in a culture that is very visual and very audio. We like to hear. It's an audiovisual era. People like to hear and people like to see. This is a phone, smartphone era, Facebook era. So the things we see, we are able to resonate easily with a lot of people. A lot of people like to see things. But listen, there are things that no matter which movie you watch, you can see. Reading has a way of enlarging your spirit. Reading, particularly the word of God, has a way of imparting you like no other. That's why reading is critical. If you are going to be outstanding in life, one of the disciplines you must have in your life is a discipline of reading. And reading must start for you as a child of God with the Bible. Do you remember the popular Sunday school song? If you want to grow, if you want to grow, hallelujah, read your Bible. Pray every day, pray every day, pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day. That's it. I'm sure you are now remembering who your Sunday school teacher was. But you see, we have to develop the habit of reading it. There are certain fundamentals that we were taught and some people think that because they have now grown up spiritually, they've grown out of it. No, 
There are things you never grow out of. You never grow out of brushing your teeth daily. You never grow out of bathing daily. You never grow out of eating daily. Likewise, reading the word of God. If you must grow, you must read it and read it daily. And I pray that the grace of God to live a disciplined life of reading God's word will become your portion. Look at what the Bible says. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. He said, till I come, give attention to reading. That's it. Give attention to reading. Feeding daily on God's word begins with the habitual reading of the word. Give attention to reading. Proverbs 4.20 My son, give attention to my words. Hear me. Attention to the word of God begins with reading. The word attention comes from attend. So, if you must grow, you must attend classes of the word. Attend the class of the word. Daily, make sure you don't miss the classes of the word. If you miss the classes of the word, you will not be promoted in your spiritual development and growth. So attend the class of the word. I like how the King James puts it. First Timothy 4.13. He said, till I come give attendance. Attendance. First Timothy 4.13. King James. Attendance to read it. Attendance. Do you attend the class of the word daily? Or you attend occasionally? Maybe when you were in school, there was a particular course you didn't like and you realized that any time the teacher came to the class, you were not happy, you were not comfortable. Your attention was not so much. And as long as you remain like that, you realize that you never did well in it. If you don't give God's word attention, we can't do well in life. Why? Because it's the manual for our successful life. He said, this book must not depart from your mouth. You must meditate day and night. For then you make your way prosperous and have good success. Good success. I listen to the Bible play on audio almost every time. When I'm traveling alone or with people, it's either I'm worshiping in my car, praying in my car, or listening to audio Bible, or listening to a teaching in my car. One of the habits by the grace of God I've kept over the years is to listen to the word of God played audio Bible daily. But you see, that is no substitute to reading the word of God. I make time to read the word of God. There are things I see in the word. When I pick up my Bible on my tablet and I begin to read that I never caught when I was listening. There are things I also catch hearing that sometimes I don't catch reading. So you need both. All things work together for the good of them. Listen, Jesus was the word and the word was an avid reader of the word. Jesus was the word. He was the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made. John 1. He became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. When the word became flesh, one of the disciplines the word had was the habit of reading the word. In those days, the Bible was not as common as we have it now. They had to literally go to the temple to read it. So the Bible says he went to the temple, stood up and to read. He had a custom of going to the temple just to read the word of God. You have it on your phone. You have it close to you. You have it on various platforms, on your tablet, on your computer. Do you make time to read it? You, do you make time? To, or you just brag about it? Oh, I have different versions of the Bible. It's not about how many versions you have. It's about how many of them you imbibe and of how much impact it is having on your life. It's critical. Jesus was an avid reader of the word of God. Many times, when he was confronted with various difficult questions by the scribes and the Pharisees, you will see him again and again referring to them. Have you not read? You remember in the book of Matthew? 
Matthew 12, when he was with his disciples, and they walked through a certain man's farm, and at a point they were hungry, and they took some, and it was on the Sabbath. Then the Pharisees said, ah, why are your people breaking the Sabbath? He said, did you not read what David did? Did you not read? Again, Matthew chapter 19, you go there, and Jesus is confronted. He said, is it lawful to put away your wife for any reason? They came to test him. Life will test you. People will test you. And when they test you, whether you pass or fail, it's a function of the knowledge of the word of God you have. If you don't read the word, you fail the test. You cannot sit and pass an examination you have not sat up to read. No. And most of us are failing. Our marriages are failing. Businesses are failing. Our relationships are failing because we have no disciplined habit of reading God's word. If you must pass the examinations of life, and listen, the examinations of life are more complex and difficult than the one you sat in your university, than the one you sat in your SSE, than the one you sat in your IGCSC exams or your O-level or A-level exam, whichever exam you wrote, the exams of life, they are more complex. They have no timetable, and they come when you least expect them. And you must always be ready. How can you be ready? Except through the medium of God's word. So reading, reading. You can't become an outstanding Christian without reading. Apostle Paul studied under the feet of a man called Gamaliel one of the astute teachers of the law. And yet this man was committed to reading. He told his son Timothy, he said, till I come, there is one thing I don't want you to stop. Read. Give yourself to reading. Give yourself to meditation. He said, your profiting will appear unto all. I see your profiting appearing unto all. Number two, take notes. Serious students don't just attend classes, they make notes. Making notes, whether in church or in your personal devotion, is no indication. It does not mean by any stretch of imagination that you are down. There are people who think that, oh me, my mind is able to catch things fast, so I don't need to write. Thank God for your super uh, sensitive or your super retentive memory. But listen, it was a wise man who said, the shortest pen is better than the longest memory. What you note down is more important than what you can. Because you see, your mind was not actually made to retain things. It was not made for retention of things. No, your mind was made for other things. It's part of it, but that was not the primary purpose. So make sure that you take notes. When you come to church, come with note-taking materials. I mean, our church is a place where you, you can even write a book out of the sermon that is coming your way because week after week, we sit with God, we pray, and we trust God to feed you right. And you must take notes. Take notes. In your own personal study, take notes. God actually commands us to take notes. In the book of Habakkuk, he said, write the vision. That's it. Write, 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 write the vision. Look at Jeremiah 30, verse 1 and 2. He said, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, that speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, write in a book for yourself all the words I have spoken to you. Write in a book for yourself. When you do your quiet time, write in a book. Take notes. Take notes. Because if you are really learning, you should be taking notes. Preparedness to write. Take note of this. Preparedness to write every time you are reading God's word is indicative you are ready to receive instructions from God. Preparedness to write. When you are getting into your quiet time, go with your note-taking material, your iPad, whatever you are using. Because you see, your preparedness to write when you come into God's word in your devotional time is indicative that you are ready to hear from God. Because you are going for instructions, you carry pen. I don't joke with my staff. 
And one of the things I've trained them, when I'm speaking, you must be writing because I don't want you to forget the things I tell you. Sometimes they are coming to me as inspiration. So if you forget them, when I need them, I may not. And then when you also don't take note, you are likely to make a lot of mistakes. So write. Your personal study time is your one-on-one class session with the Holy Ghost. Please take note of this. Don't forget this. Your personal study time is your one-on-one class session with the Holy Ghost. If you are truly willing to learn from him or expect him to speak to you during your personal studies, you will always meet him with note-taking materials. If you are willing to hear from him, you expect him to teach, you expect to learn from him, you will always go with note-taking materials. It's a class you take seriously, you go with notes. If you don't take the class seriously, you can just walk anyhow and enter. That must not be your attitude as a child of God. Paul took notes, so God entrusted him with abundance of revelation. Some of us say, oh, me the Bible, when I read, Pastor, I don't see anything from the word. I'm not able to access revelation. Listen, God will not cast his spells before swine. As long as you don't come with not taking materials, why would God tell you something, reveal something important to you when he knows that you are going to forget it anyway? You are not going to apply it anyway. So take note. Number three, through active meditation. Don't just read the word and take note and go away. Retain it in your mind and then meditate upon it. Meditation is a habit of holding God's word in your mind, thinking about it and speaking it to yourself. That's meditation. Holding God's word in your mind. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Holding the word of God in your heart and then thinking about it and speaking it to yourself. That's meditation. David said in Psalm 119 verse 97, Oh, how I love that Lord. It is my meditation all day. All day. All day. That is keeping the word of God in perspective. Thinking about the word as you go through your day. What you read in the morning, you are thinking about it. How does it apply to my life? You are thinking about it. And as you think about it, revelation comes. Revelation comes. Revelation comes. This book, you must meditate upon it day and night. Meditate upon it day and night. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 7. It says, think about what I'm saying, New Living Translation. And the Lord will help you understand all these things. All these things. If you don't think about the word you have read or studied, you will not gain understanding. Understanding comes when we make time to think about the word we have studied. Number four, through habitual memorization of the word of God. Through habitual memorization of the word of God. Thy word I have hidden in my heart. Psalm 119 and verse number 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart. I will not sin against thee. Proverbs 4, 20 to 21. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's memorization. Keeping the word of God in your heart. Keeping the word of God in your heart. To be able to retain the word of God and not forget it, you must keep it in your heart. Keep it in your heart. Keep it in your heart. One of the biblical proofs that you are a lover of the word is your ability to retain it in your heart. And you must learn to keep it. There are many things we remember. People hurt us. We don't forget. People do us good. Sometimes we forget. And sometimes we remember. And one of the things you must learn not to forget is to retain the word of God in your heart. You need it. You need it. Once the word of God is kept in your heart, it comes handy when a need arises. It comes handy when there's a challenge. 
You remember, until Jesus kept the word in his heart, there was no way he could deal with Satan the way he dealt with him. David kept God's word in his heart. Psalm 119 verse 61. The cause of the wicked have bound me, but I have not forgotten your law. I have never forgotten your law. When you don't forget God's law, it helps you. When you don't forget God's word, it helps you to live it out and to apply it when the need comes. You remember how Satan was floored by Jesus after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And there are people who sometimes they downplay the authority of the word of God for prayer and fasting. I believe in prayer and fasting. Our church, we fast every Wednesday. The beginning of every month, we fast three days a month. And as a pastor, I make sure that while they are doing their three days, I'm doing a little more extra. I believe in fasting. Every year, I go on long fastings. But listen, fasting never can take the place of the word of God. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. When Satan came, he didn't overcome him with the fasting. He overcame him with the word. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And we are told, Satan left him. I see Satan leaving you. Satan will leave your marriage. As you bring the word of God, you confront him with the authority of the word of God. I see him departing from your home. I see him departing from your children. I see him taking his sickness away from your life. In the name of Jesus, you need to know what is written. You need to know until you know. What is written, your glorious destiny can easily be written off by Satan. Until you know, you must know it. I know that I'm blessed, I'm not cursed. So no matter what anybody says, I cannot be cursed, I'm blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. I know I'm the favor of God. I know I'm loved by God. I don't care who hates me, who doesn't like me. But I'm loved by God. He sent his only begotten son to die for me. So my self-esteem is intact. My confidence is intact. I'm not looking for your approval to be anything. No. God has already approved me. He has accepted me in the beloved. You need to know what is written. And that way, you can live a victorious life. I see you living a victorious life. You need to know it so you can grow in the way you ought to grow. And finally, through daily application of the word of God. If you are going to study God's word profitably, feed on the word of God profitably. Number one, we said, read it. Number two, we said, take notes. Number three, we said, active meditation. Number four, habitual memorization. And then number five, daily application of the word. Hear me? No matter how much of the word of God you retain in your heart, how much of it you meditate, you only see the results the word delivers when you apply it. The Bible said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. When we do the word of God, we provoke God to confirm his word in our lives. The Bible said they went everywhere speaking the word, the Lord confirming it with signs following. You want to see signs and wonders in your life? Put the word of God to work. Gladly obeying God's word no matter the cost guarantees blessings inaccessible by no other means. A lot of people pray for blessings, but you know, when we learn to walk in obedience, we will pray less for blessings. We'll pray less for blessings and we'll have more blessings. You can pray more for blessings as long as you are walking in disobedience. It will not happen. You cannot be cheating God, robbing him in tithes and offerings and expect that blessings will flow. No, the devourer can easily attack your resources. But I pray that as you choose the path of repentance and you begin to walk in obedience, I see God confirm his word in your life. James 1.25 says, But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. He not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. 
Gladly obeying God's word, no matter the God's guarantees blessings, inaccessible by no other means. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2, 28 verse 1, he said, Now it shall come to pass, if you will diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God and carefully observe all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord our God will set you on high above all nations. Look at verse 2. He said, and all these blessings will come. All these blessings, all these blessings. I see blessings coming upon you. Blessings coming upon your family. Blessings coming upon your children. All these blessings will come if you will obey and apply yourself to God's word. The blessings are countless. Blessings of prosperity. If they obey, Job 36 verse 11, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Psalm 1 and verse 2 downwards, he said, On his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. His lips shall know whether whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So if you want to prosper, obedience is the key. Joshua 1 8, this book of the law shall not depart, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then you make your way prosperous and you have good success. I know you want to have good success in your marriage, good success, in your academics, good success, in your social life, good success, in your political ambition, good success. But it will never be a reality without obedience to God's word. Hear me? Nothing demonstrates your wisdom like obedience to God's word. He who heareth my words and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man. Nothing guarantees a safe and secure future like obedience to God's word. Your future is not guaranteed. Be it maritally, be it financially, be it emotionally, your future is not guaranteed. As long as you walk in disobedience to God's word. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, we are told, Whosoever heareth my word and doeth them, I will liken him who builds his house upon the rock. That is a secure future. Obedience puts you on a rock, unshakable rock, a rock that cannot be moved. And I pray that your life will be a rock-solid life, a life that cannot be shaken, a life that cannot be moved. Nothing at all will be able to move you. Why? Because you are built upon the rock, the solid word of God. The Bible said, the grass weathered and the flower faded, but the word of our God endured forever. What an amazing thought. When your life is built on the word of God, by obedience to the word of God, which lived and abided forever, you can be sure everything you are doing will live and abide forever. The Lord bless you. The Lord give you understanding. The grace to read the word of God. The grace, habitually, I mean. The grace to take notes as you read. The grace to meditate on the word. The grace to actively put the word of God in your mind. Whichever means. And the grace to, most importantly, apply the word of God to your life. May these graces be your portion from today. In the name of Jesus, move from glory to glory and then keep on growing from grace to grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 
8.30 a.m. second service and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejokumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.